Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Theomatic Podcast. We're making good theology automatic. automatic. Oh, what? that was great. That I was know. perfect. I'm Craig. <laughs> I'm Daniel. And we are uh, beginning this journey, and we're so glad that you're with us talking about theology and good theology versus bad theology, but in a way that is making it really God's heart relevant to our lives. And mm -hmm. so we just want to say thank you for joining us. Whichever platform you're consuming this content on, we'd love it if you would like, subscribe, give a rating, yeah. share it with somebody. Yeah, it just helps. It helps the yeah. channel grow and find new people to see it. This whole thing is not about us. This is about a community of people coming together, growing in the knowledge of God and, and learning the heart of God together. So yeah. we're, uh, we're beginning this journey with you, and we're excited. Yeah. So I just want to... Um, just begin by laying a foundation in this this really first pilot episode. And so, Daniel, will you just quickly tell us what theology is and what why would it be relevant to our life if yeah. you're not an academic or a college professor or some pastor? Yeah, so the word theology actually means the study of God. And um, I think a lot of people think that's merely book smarts or academics, um, although that's an avenue to study God right. and understand. Um, but also in Romans, it says that God's divine attributes and inv his invisible qualities can clearly be seen in nature. He's very accessible. And whether you know it or not, you already have a theology. You have a right. way of thinking about God. And our goal in this uh, podcast and our time together is to constantly improve and get more accurate our understanding and viewpoint of who he is. Right. And really, it's an invitation for people to, like, we're not endeavoring mm -hmm. to teach yeah. everything about theology or about the Bible or about God. It's an invitation to a heart that says, I want to know more, and I can know more, and I can know his heart. Yeah. And and in understanding him, you will understand so much more about yourself and the challenges you face in life and the hope that's in him. Right. Theology what's true about God, what's true about the world, and what's true about humanity, what we believe about that, mm -hmm. because there's truth and there's what we believe about the truth. Yeah, for sure. So what we believe about theology has everything to do with normal life. Mm -hmm. It's really not about just some theologian sitting in an office thinking about all of these crazy terms that you don't maybe know what they mean. Everybody has theology. It's just mm -hmm. some of us have bad theology. Yeah, for sure. And it affects, affects our lives in every way. So I want to... I want to actually, in this first episode, paint a picture as to why understanding the heart of God is so important. So I'm going to go to the very beginning of Jesus's ministry life, and I'm going to read just a few verses in, in Luke 14. Um, you may have heard this before. This may be totally new to you, but listen to what takes place in Jesus, the Son of God. We're going to see that even the battle between truth and deception is uh, has been raging from the beginning. We're going to talk about that next episode but it even came to attack Jesus. So this is what happens. Jesus gets baptized, and uh, one episode we're going to talk about baptism. Yeah. And then this is what takes place. Luke chapter 4, verse 1. It says that Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit uh, and returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Wow. I love this because so many... People think if I'm going through a wilderness season, if I'm if I'm struggling, it means that that God isn't with me. It must mean yeah. that the Spirit's not with me. I've or done I've something wrong. From, I've yeah. deviated. The, the the Holy Spirit's left me, and so and that's a theological thought. Hmm, that's right? a great point. Yeah. And so if you think if you think that now, of course, if you're if you're actively walking in sin, then you're going to feel that conviction too. Yeah. But 
in this case, the Spirit of God led Jesus to the wilderness to for something to happen. Watch this. For 40 days to be tempted by the devil. Wow. That's weird. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit led him, but the devil tempted him. And this is what, this is what happens. He ate nothing during those days. Uh, and when they had ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, so this is this, this amazing scene where the devil is encountering Jesus. They're one-on-one together out in the wilderness alone, and this is what happens. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And I, I just want to point out, the the very first challenge to Jesus was a an identity challenge. Mm. And, you know, one of the greatest things that we're facing in in this generation is questions of identity and who you really are. And this is the way that the devil attacked Jesus as well. If you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, and he's quoting the Bible. He's quoting the Old Testament. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. But the devil took him and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And he said to him, to you, I will give you all authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me and I will give it to whom I will. So notice the first temptation Mm. was a questioning of his identity and then an offer of food, sustenance, provision, and Jesus turns it down. The second temptation was a temptation of authority, power, and glory over all the nations Mm. of the world. And and he's he's inviting him to worship the devil. So then it says this, If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him again with the word of God. You shall not, you shall worship the Lord, your God and him only shall you serve. And and then, and then this, this third temptation happens. He took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple. I always like to say it like this. The devil took Jesus to church. (laughs) You ever noticed that? Yeah, that's awesome. The devil took Jesus to church, to the Mm. pinnacle of the temple, and he said to him, again, an identity question, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, now watch this, the devil himself is quoting the Bible. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. This is... This is crazy. The mm. devil is not just using lies, not just using the ways of the psychology. world. Psychology. Psychology, mm-hmm. what's popular, po- po- you know, what's uh, socially acceptable. The devil himself is using even the scripture to try and bring deception. Wow. Now, this is how it ends. Jesus answers back. It is said, you shall not put your Lord, the Lord your God, to the test. And when... The devil had ended every temptation. He departed from him until an opportune time. And so I want to just begin this podcast in this first mm. episode by presenting this thought, Daniel, that the battle that we're in is a battle of truth and lies. The battle that we're in is a is a battle between God's heart and what he's offered to us yeah. and deception. And this is going to happen in every way from just straight up blatant, ungodly, unbiblical lies. Yeah. But it can even happen in the most sneaky ways mm. where the devil will, will use anything. He will even use the truth of God in an untrue way to try and deceive people. And so this is why I think one reason why we're doing this podcast is to 
begin stirring in people the belief and the the knowledge that what we believe about God and and really knowing his heart and knowing his truth is of the utmost importance because the devil is trying to destroy humanity and the primary way that he's doing that is through lies. Yeah. Wow. Uh, there was a time in my life where I was earnestly seeking um, to do the things of God, and I was probably um, under the bondage of some of the biggest lies ever. And I would I would describe myself in in the late '90s, early 2000s as a Pharisee. Like I cared so much about being correct and knowing what the Bible said, and there wasn't an ounce of love in my heart. Mm. And First John four eight, if you don't know, have love in your heart, you don't know God for God is love. And I had a lot of knowledge and no heart for wow. him, you know? So I've, I've experienced that. Yeah. I remember I had a, an experience at the end of my college career. I remember so vividly, I was getting done with a, a degree in theology. <laughs> there it is. I literally have a degree in <laughs> theology and I'd studied church history and Greek and all of these things. And, and amassed all these facts about God. And I remember walking across the college campus and I just, I, I felt like I heard the Holy Spirit so clearly say, Craig, have you exchanged knowledge about me for relationship with me? Mm. And so here's the thing. We need to have knowledge about the Bible and knowledge about God and have good theology. But the point of good theology is a deeper, more intimate relationship with the person of God. Yeah. And so, yeah, we need to know him. Mm -hmm. We want to know his heart. Um, but let's, let's just for a second talk about the ways, you know, I mean, this is a crazy passage. The is. devil is quoting the Bible. Yeah. I heard, I heard somebody say, I don't know who, I want to give credit where it's due, but I don't know who said this, but I heard a pastor say, uh, the worst kind of deception is a true statement spoken in an untrue way. Oh man! Right. So was the devil was the devil quoting something that was mm -hmm. was wrong? Mm -hmm. no, uh, no, no, it was right. true. Just out of context. Yeah, yeah. he's quoting the Bible, mm -hmm. but he's quoting it out of context. So it was truth spoken untruly, and so this is like this really is the heart of what we're trying to do not only in this podcast, but invite you into that Jesus, yeah. he knew the heart of God so well hmm. that he didn't just know the text. He knew when the text was being used wrong. He knew when somebody wow. was speaking something that was untrue, that, you know, he knew God's heart. Yeah. And that's what we all need is to, to know God's heart yeah. in a way that that good theology is automatic to us. He didn't have to go back and be like, oh man, what is it? Does that verse say that? Maybe yeah. I should do. He, he, Does God he, really want to, me to throw myself off the this top of the temple to prove who I am? You know, and right. then you could even see like, well, God asked Abraham to put Isaac on an altar at one point. You know, you can see often how the enemy really does, or the adversary. That's another good. He's he's really adverse to us. He he mm -hmm. wants to confuse us primarily about who God is and what He wants and who we are and what we need. Right. Like those are the things that he's after, because if he can twist that, then you are lost. I just there's so many things going on in society right now, and mm -hmm. people we're trying to make decisions like, what is the right move? Yeah, 
And I just wonder what criteria people are using. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're like, oh, I'm not a theological person or, but if you're like, what criteria do we have to make the decisions when it comes to any of the hot button social issues that we're facing or how do you treat your kids? How do you spend your yeah. money? Like every uh, single yeah. decision. How do you a, discipline your kids? Do you spank them? Do you do you use timeouts only? Like how much does like modern psychology and our understanding of the human mind play in like what's more important, what a doctor says or what God says or what, you know, do they line up? There's literally every day, either between my wife and I or my friends and I, we're constantly talking about trying to understand what God wants. Right. Because, and this is foundational, part of my theology is I believe what God wants is for his glory and our good. That's so good. And and because of my belief about who he is and the person that I know, and this is kind of cool, maybe you've never thought of it this way, but God is a personality. I don't, it, it's, it would be too small to call him a person, but he has a personality. He is in part knowable by us. He's he's made himself and his personality accessible to us right. in some way. Now, can we know all of the mysteries of God? Can we truly understand the infinite power that he has? No, of course not. But he's made part of himself knowable. And in a way that he did that was he had Jesus come to earth so that people could like interact with him. And, and he is the expression of the unseen God. Like who Jesus is, is who God is. Right. And look, let's talk about the man for just a second. He walked about healing anyone that would have healing. Like he he made people well. He made blind people see. He spoke truth. He resisted the religious and he gave grace to the people who needed it. He fed right. the hungry. This is our God. That is his heart, Craig. Jesus is revolutionary. Revolutionary. The fact that we have a God that would step out of heaven, put skin on, like mm-hmm. it says in John 1, yeah. move into the neighborhood, yeah. pursue, is called, the theological term is incarnation, yeah. that, that the God of all the universe would be incarnate and come to us for the sake of having our heart and winning our heart mm-hmm. is absolutely incredible. Yeah. So why is this concept so important? Well, I think if you don't start from, if your belief is God is in the sky dictating terms because he wants to have power over smaller beings, if that's your viewpoint, you'll never be able to read the scripture and see his heart for you. You'll never understand when bad things happen, why he didn't stop them. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait. There's so much I want to talk about. I wish this episode was like three hours long, um, but no one else wishes that. But um, but when you when you can settle this concept, his glory are good. Right. Everything starts to fall into place. That's it. Yeah. That's, I mean, that is like, that is, like you said, Mm -hmm. one of the foundational theological beliefs that you have to start with. Mm -hmm. Because every, every commandment of God, if you don't understand that theological belief, Mm -hmm. that anything that he tells us to do or to not do is not just for his glory, though it is. And and all the all the reform people are like for the glory of God, yes, yeah, for sure. <laughs> it, that mm-hmm. is that is primary. Yeah, but he doesn't make arbitrary commandments. He doesn't give commandments. In other words, just to I'm just gonna see if humanity will obey me on this one, even though he's not there's tinkering no, with us. He's not. T- no. Yeah. You you have to understand that God is so good that if He tells us to do something, even though if it doesn't 
feel mm. like in our flesh or in this circumstance or in this moment that, that that's not going to be good for me, it is good for you. And God is so good that if he tells us not to do something, mm-hmm. even though in this moment or that circumstance, I really want to do it, but, mm-hmm. it, but he tells me not to, if you don't do it, that's good for you. Yeah, and and his what why his glory is important to understand and there's like a whole theology thing to unpack there at some point but like this is a way I remember it. Sometimes things aren't always directly for my good or I don't see how they're good for me right now. Mm-hmm. I can almost always rest assured it will be good for me someday and even if it's not this is the Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. My God can deliver me from that fire, but even if he doesn't, I won't bow. He, God has sovereignty, right? And, and you can bet almost all the time it's for your good, but here's the deal. If it's for his glory, guess what? It's for someone else's good. Yeah. When God gets the glory, and sometimes, like Jesus' life was sacrificed, it was for the good of billions of people. Exactly. So when God what, gets the glory, it's for the good of others if it's not you in that moment. And remember so what happened. And remember what happened in Matthew 16. Jesus tells them, Oh, now that you recognize me for who I am, the first mm-hmm. time anybody recognizes him to be the Christ. And then he says, I'm gonna go to Jerusalem. They're right. gonna they're gonna beat me and they're gonna kill me. And, Peter. and then, yeah, this <laughs> moment where Jesus says, You're blessed, Peter. And then like in a split second, he goes, Get behind me, Satan, because Peter says, yeah. That'll never happen to you. Heck no, not on my watch, kind of thing. You exactly. know, like, yeah, I'm gonna defend you. And he's like, No, 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 no. Right. What he didn't know is that he couldn't comprehend how that horrible thing could be good. Yeah. And Jesus had to say, Hey, you're no longer setting your mind on the things of God, but on the mm-hmm. things of man. Mm-hmm. And so, and this is this is the journey that we're all on. We're not God. We're never going to be God, and we're not in heaven yet. Yeah. And so we're we're daily, not just on Sunday mornings, yeah. But we're daily on this walk and this journey where we're having to set our mind again on the ways of the Spirit and the ways of God. Yeah. And to to know God's heart, to know theology, good theology, mm-hmm. so much that it informs and persuades the way that we live our life. Yeah. Well, in that story that you shared out of Luke, um, there's two, I mean, there's, there's multiple takeaways, but there's two really cool ones that I think all of us, the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted and tested essentially. Yeah. And, um, that's huge because you said you touched on the beginning, but I wanted to camp there for a second. Okay. There's so many people that are like, I am in one of the roughest seasons of my life. How could this possibly get good or be God? Or both. Yeah. And um, my encouragement to you is to understand that if this is something that your own sin or the enemy has troubled over you, your hope is Jesus. And if the Holy Spirit led you into the wilderness, you're in his hands either way. And the goal for you in theology is understanding and giving yourself the ability to endure every test, Mm. every trial, and every tribulation. And those three words actually mean different things. And it's in part like who's applying the trouble, right? Like it's, it's a complicated thing to understand, but God is really the father of the universe, so to speak. And sometimes with my kids, I might take them to the dentist and they hate me for it. They are like, this is the worst. You clearly don't love me. And I'm like, no, no, I don't want your teeth to fall out. You'll be in more pain with like when your tooth, you know, you need a root canal or whatever. When your tooth, yeah, what's that term when your tooth goes bad and you have the like flare up? Toothache. That's <laughs> nailed it. There it is. Dude, my, one of my kids had a toothache and they were like, put me down, take me out of my misery. 
And so they go to the dentist and they have temporary pain, but it's not real harm. Exactly. And that's what we got to understand about God. Like when there's pain in our life, like he's not harming us. He's helping us. Right. And so, so I think that's one point. And then the second point is that, um, understanding that the enemy can sound like God, Mm -hmm. he can use God's words and that, um, is part of his tactic. And in first Peter, it says that the enemy goes about like a roaring lion. He isn't a roaring lion. He acts like it. There's only one lion, and that's the lion of Judah, and his voice is preeminent. But absolutely, Satan will try to impersonate and make you feel guilty and awful and like you're just garbage, but that isn't how the Father sees you. Exactly. The devil has no creative power. Mm-hmm. He, he, he doesn't make anything. What he does is he can only take what God's already created and twist it. Yep. And his that's this is why, you know— the lies of the devil is his primary tactic yeah. because he wants to get us to distrust God, to just distrust his heart. Mm-hmm. Um, but we should do an episode on what you were just talking about, about the, so you might experience trouble or pain because of sin mm-hmm. and that will be a consequence. Yep. It may just, uh, you know, it, there, it may be the, the, the discipline of the Lord. Yeah. But, but in all, in all of those, whatever it is, to recognize God is good and God mm-hmm. is for me. For you, yeah. You know? That's the that's the big one, man. I've been in multiple seasons of trouble and what has gotten me through those seasons. When people say, like, my faith got me through, I think this is what they mean. I remembered that God is actually for me, and at some point this will end, and it will end in glory. I will be changed, transformed better, and he will get the glory for it. Well... Any final thoughts? Yeah. No, I mean, as we wrap, um, the the probably the most common question is, how can I distinguish between the voice of the Lord and when the enemy's lying to me? So let's just take our last three minutes and maybe give some advice on how we do that. I'll tell you how I do it, um, if you want, and then you can go. Let's go. bounce back and forth. You let's say go. one, okay. I'll say one. Okay, okay. So one way that I do it is... Um, so we're assuming that he's using scripture. So he's lying from scripture. Let's say that. And you can't use scripture to authenticate you. Um, I use a trusted friend and I bounce it off a trusted friend. So I, you're one of my friends that I'm like, Hey, I'm feeling this or hearing this. Like, is there any validity to this? Right. Um, and because you're not in pain or under pressure, like I might be, you can see clearly. And since you also know his heart, you can confirm it. That's one way I do it. Yeah. And I think obviously we're just assuming that Number one, we need to know the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Um, good theology. It, it, nothing is going to contradict the Scriptures. So you got to know the Scriptures. So then you said a friend. Um, I, I obviously the witness of the Holy Spirit inside of you. Yep. Um, and and you know, there's no different. And we'll we'll have an episode on the Holy Spirit. But every person that is saved has the Holy Spirit. He's the seal of your That's salvation. Right. If you don't mm-hmm. have the Spirit of God. You don't belong to Christ. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, that's a theological issue. Well, do I have or does this guy, you know, you you have the Holy Spirit inside of you as yeah. a witness. Yeah. So. Yeah. So if you're wrestling with some truth that you might, that you think might be a counterfeit or a lie from the enemy, and sometimes things that we feel like God is speaking to us, sometimes they're good things and we feel like we don't deserve them. And so my encouragement is do three things. Number one, check it against scripture, mm-hmm. go to the Bible and yep. be like, okay, is this scriptural? If it is, and you still have doubts, let check with your Holy Spirit, ask God. God is so generous. He says, if any of you lack wisdom, you can ask. 
ask him, say, God, make this clear. And oftentimes what I find when I ask, which is usually my step two, is he'll send someone, literally somebody like, dude, I was praying for you this morning. I just felt this. I'll get a call or a text. If you don't get that call, reach out to someone who right. who has, who understands God's heart and ask them what they think and you get wisdom and counsel. Exactly. So wisdom can, is in the multitude of counsel. Yeah. So you can do those three things and a 99% of things will will settle out through that process. There is a handful of things that are really just more challenging than that. And my encouragement on that is wait. Mm. Just wait a little bit. Yeah. Wait and see. So yeah. Well, I want to end this episode on on really what you were just touching on there, which is what just one of the pieces, but uh the the theology, the truth behind what the church is. Hmm. The church is not a building, even though this beautiful building that yeah, we're in rad. today was built in 1906. Um the truth, the the church is is people, and I think it's like forty seven times in the New, New Testament we're commanded to do something two or for one another. Mm. And so the idea that I can have faith in God and not be around anybody else is actually anti biblical. Yeah. We need other people, and we're on this journey together. That's good. And dude. so the scriptures, the Holy Spirit, good teaching, and the body of believers, the multitude of counsel, yeah, it are all some of the ways that we can grow in what we believe about God and how we know we're making the right decision. And to that end, we want to invite you, if you don't, if you're not yet part of a local church that you would find one and that you would use things like this podcast and teachings on YouTube or whatever, but that you would be part of a community, yeah. um, hopefully somewhere where you live. So they can get to know you and you can get to know him. Amen. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us on this pilot episode of the Theomatic Podcast where we're making good theology automatic. automatic. I'm Craig, and this is Daniel. See ya. And thanks for joining us. We love you guys. Peace.